What's cooking, everybody? It's Brees, and we're here for another episode of the What's Cooking Podcast, home with the hottest upcoming entrepreneurs and businessmen around the country and the world, as you've seen from our previous episodes. So today I have a special guest with us. His name is Dr. Black. He's a dentist in Brooklyn, and I'll let him introduce himself. So how's it going? My name is Dr. Corey Black. Um, I'm a general dentist, uh, originally from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Went to University of Pittsburgh for dental school. Been in Brooklyn now for about uh, almost six years. And um, I started my, my practice, Milespace, a little over two years ago. Um, and actually right now at this point, we're about to, I just signed at lease for a second practice in Harlem. So a lot of growth in a very short period of time. That's what's up. Yeah, normally yeah. It's, it's funny too, because it's like, you know, when it comes to like the newcomers in Brooklyn, it's like, you know, every time I see like 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 a black person, I always assume like they're, they're the hometown guy. So I thought you were a hometown guy. Everybody does. Yeah, yeah. it's just like you know, especially because you're you're in uh, downtown Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Clinton Hill. Clinton yeah. Hill, right? So I mean, yeah, that's that's around downtown. So it's like you know, in that area, you know, it's a lot of gentrification and stuff like that. So it's like if you're black and you're there, they think you're like you know, must have been must have been like, there. I guess one like, of the hometown guy, like yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's like for me, it's like just my personal experience. It's like everybody that I've been meeting. It's like now it's like I actually have to ask. I'm like, oh, like where are you from originally and stuff? Cause yeah. You never know. Yeah, because Harrisburg, like I told you, uh, uh, offset. Like I know a lot of people from Harrisburg and mm-hmm. a lot of good friends out there. So yeah. Yeah, they don't usually people from Harrisburg don't come here just because mm-hmm. it's so much more expensive. Yeah. Right. What I pay for, like even my apartment, you can get a mansion. Oh, in Harrisburg, for sure. literally. So it's like anywhere in PA, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real, for real. But I think the dream chasers come here. Yeah, and I've always sure. wanted to come to New York, always wanted to live in New York. And, you know, for at this point, now I consider Brooklyn home. So, Dream Chasers, you from PA, you, you a Meek Mill fan, I'm assuming? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a diehard <laughs> fan, but do I like his music? Yeah. yeah Hold on, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, one thing I want to point out, too, is we finally got the camera to work. I know you guys been speaking mm-hmm. about, you know, the quality on the camera and whatnot. Finally got to work. You know, just technical difficulties on our sides. We apologize. You know, we do multiple shoots in one go, so... You know, this is probably like the 20th episode that you have to sit through with that, you know, different angle. Sorry for it, but, you know, we finally got to work. We're finally We're good. Here, so, yeah. So let's get right into it. So okay. uh, what really uh, motivated you or inspired you to go the dentistry route? So I always wanted to be a doctor, mm-hmm. right? I, even though I'd never seen a doctor growing up, a black doctor, mm-hmm. um, in my mind, I just always knew that I could do it. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to help people because both of my parents were in the healthcare field. My mom is a nurse's assistant. She's been a nurse's aide for about 30 years now. Mm-hmm. And then my dad works in the sterilization department. So my entire life, I would see you know, my mom come home after treating patients all day. She would tell us stories of some of the crazy things that she experienced. <laughs> and that for me always just kind of stuck in the back of my mind. Like I really just want to help people. Like mm-hmm. at a young age, I always knew I wanted to do a job that was purposeful, meaningful not just sit in a cubicle and make money. I wanted to actually do something that would impact the lives of people. Mm-hmm. And so I originally wanted to be a medical doctor, shadowed maybe three or four doctors. And um, each and every one of them said that if they could do it all over again, they would not do, they would not do medicine. They would consider like dentistry, pharmacy. Um, they mentioned a, a couple other ones, but when I started shadowing my dentist, that's when it all made sense. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. the lifestyle's good. The money's good, like guaranteed six figures. Oh, You're helping definitely. people. You know, you do like 21. Procedures. Can you do something? Yeah, for me? Like, it's like that. Rich flex right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, dentistry just kind of checked off all of my boxes. And then um, 
Yeah, I think my second year of um, undergrad is when I made the decision to start pursuing dentistry. Okay. So uh, I was going to ask, so like, what's your, what's your background? So my, like my major? No, I mean, um, like your family background, like where's your family? Oh, we're African-American. Oh, okay. No, because <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, you hear like my whole family's like into the med, the med field. It's like you mostly think they're like Nigerian or somewhere true. from Africa or probably yeah. West Indian. So yeah, most of my, my doctor friends are African. of, of African yeah. descent. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've been here. My family's been here since we were able to actually trace uh, slave records mm. back to the early 1800s. Oh, wow. So we've been here for a while. That's my mom's side and my dad's side on property in the early 1800s in West Virginia. So, you know, we, we've been in America That's for a very long time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, uh, yeah, just so you would speak about shadowing. Uh, I'm assuming that's as you were a student, right? You said? As a student in okay. undergrad. As an undergrad. Okay. So then uh, when it came to dental school, talk about that uh, experience. Like, what was it like for you? So dental school in general is just very difficult. I think a lot of people don't really understand that. In my opinion, I think uh, dental school is harder than medical school. One, because you have to learn everything about the human body. A lot of people think dentists just kind of focus on the mouth and that's it. Yeah, I was, I was actually just yeah. uh, saying that to my friends. I was like, imagine like, you know, what it's like to be a doctor. I was like, you got to really think about what it takes because it's like, you could be like a dentist and you still got, like I literally said a dentist and you probably got to learn the whole body. You got to learn like the foot, even though you're not a podiatrist. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we, we um, so in dental school we took, I mean, to get into dental school, we took all the sciences, right? Like mm -hmm. biology, chemistry, physics, organic chemistry, all the labs, all of that just to get in. Mm -hmm. And then when we, you know, when I got in, it's like we take more advanced classes, but at an accelerated rate. So every class is like six weeks. You have, you know, three exams within that six week period. Mm -hmm. We, I think the hardest class for me was anatomy. Okay. Because we, we spent like three hours in lecture learning about hmm. every part of the body, literally. But then three we hours. would go to the, we would go to the lab, the cadaver lab. Mm -hmm. We actually had to dissect human bodies from head to toe mm -hmm. and identify every single part of it. Maybe. So, you know, for me that, I felt like that was challenging learning the science or the medicine, but then also learning the dentistry. Mm -hmm. Right, we had to learn every part of a tooth, how a tooth develops, things that people just would never even think of. Okay, mm -hmm. so I think that made it difficult. And then on top of that, we start learning the hand skills, the technical part of it as well, how to be an artist, how to like literally build a tooth from scratch, mm -hmm. and all of that starts in the first year. And then as you move through the the four year program, you go less from the academic portion more to the clinic. Mm -hmm. So third year is when you see your first patient, and then fourth year it's all clinical. My experience, it was, I think, a little bit challenging just because I was one of, uh, we started with two black people and then we finished with three, a girl transferred to our class. Okay. And so just honestly dealing with that, the social yeah. aspect of that on top of like the rigors of the academia just made it a very stressful experience. But, you know, to be honest now in retrospect, when I look back, I'm grateful for that experience because I feel very comfortable around, comfortable around all types of people. Right. My circle is literally diverse. You know, we look like the magic school bus or like Captain Planet. <laughs> everybody's just a different color yeah. and i'm grateful for that experience for exposing me to that yeah, yeah my high school and college like experience was the same where it's like everybody's at first like i tell people all the time like you know especially me growing up with you know in like mostly minority areas and stuff like that it's like i, mm -hmm. I tell people all the time like listen bro i have friends from all different backgrounds like you wouldn't believe me just because mm -hmm. you don't have it doesn't mean i can't have it but i like that you highlight that because like you know for the most part um, our audience is like, you know, very open. It's like there's people in all different countries like that's mm. watching like, us right now. Okay. And um, 
for the most part, though, I would say most of our audience is like, you know, black. So it's mm-hmm. like, I like that you highlighted, you know, the fact that even though you had a, a, a tough time socially, you didn't give up, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like, especially in the community with this podcast too, what we're trying to do is um, specifically like in the black community, we want to show people like, you know, you don't have to be, you know, a rapper, basketball player, you know, mm-hmm. the, the typical cliche that they always say, you don't have to be this, this, this to be rich, you go, so be these things. So we like to bring people of different uh, professions and whatnot up on this show, specifically like, you know, minorities to show everybody at home, like, yo, I could do this. Like, this mm-hmm. is possible. You know, if you could do it, I could do it. You know, like, 100%. What's, what's stopping me? I'm going to keep using the the whole, you know, privilege excuse, like, you know, because of my skin color, I can't do it. Oh, I'm going to do what I got to do. 100%. Yeah, so I definitely respect that a lot. So mm-hmm. um, just, just running back in, so you said you went from Pittsburgh to... Yeah, so I was um, in Pittsburgh for 10 years. Mm. So I did my undergrad degree there. So my major was actually African-American studies. Okay. A lot of people don't know that. You oh, can wow. major in anything you want as long as you take um, the required science classes to get into dental school. Mm. So I majored in black studies, pledged Sigma while I was there. Oh, Sigma. Okay. A, yeah. I have a lot of Sigma friends. That's yeah, it's, the, it's, the, it's yeah. the best organization. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's the only way to go. Um, but I did, so I did that. And then my senior year, um, I actually did a, a, a program where there were 22 of us. We went to Argentina, South Africa, and China, mm. my last semester of college, and we studied global health. Okay. So it was incredible. Me, like being from the hood, I'd never been on a plane. My family, we <laughs> didn't take, yeah, we didn't take oh, family wow. vacations or anything like that. So first flight was to Argentina. And I mean, a lot of people can't say that though. Yeah. A lot of people never touch Argentina. I mean, it's not even a flex. That's the, that's the, that's the. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, I wouldn't try to, like, make it like seem like oh you know my first flight was this you know i never flew out before like you you take pride in that you know it's, yeah. a lot of people who never been to Argentina. so it was a long flight i was like what am i doing <laughs> but it was amazing yeah. man when i got there it was like you know the spanish that i took in high school i actually failed uh, spanish in high school i picked up a lot of those skills that i just really thought i did it and i was mm-hmm. able to communicate i had a girlfriend while i was there for that short period of time but it was just incredible to go to we literally did a full rotation around the world and just interacted with all different cultures and learned about their healthcare systems. And I never felt more free, okay? And so since coming back to America, that was probably 11 years ago, I've been chasing freedom. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get that same level of freedom, which is why, and we'll talk about it more, but that's why I made some of the decisions that I made to put myself in the position that I'm in now. Right. We'll talk about it. That's yeah. what's up. Yeah, so, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, like, like I was asking, so, yeah, from University of Pittsburgh, you went to... University of Pittsburgh, I came to uh, Brooklyn. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I did Pitt, uh, University of Pittsburgh undergrad and dental school. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I, th- I, I forgot, was, I didn't oh, clarify. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took two years off, okay. worked, and then I started dental school uh, 2013. Okay, yeah, because I was going to ask, uh, just depending on the, what you were, you were going to say, I was going to ask, like, so uh, always, like, being home and whatnot, like, did you mm-hmm. feel comfortable in school just because, you know, it's, that's your area and whatnot? Yeah, or yeah. did you want to go away, like... I, want, I did want to go away. I did. I mean, Pittsburgh is very different than Harrisburg, right? Pittsburgh, although it's not New York, it's still a bigger city. Mm. So I, I was, you know, happy to just be close to Harrisburg. You know, it's relatively close to home. Mm-hmm. But also it was so different that I felt like I was growing as a person, <laughs> you know? And then when I finished undergrad, I decided to stay in Pittsburgh. I just didn't want, I didn't want to become that guy that like, I didn't want to become. I don't know what that is. Construction. I didn't want to become that guy that like went back to Harrisburg and then got stuck. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I decided to just stay in Pittsburgh the entire time. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you said you were a Sigma at a big D1 school. So how did yeah. you keep focused? Because <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, man. I, I say all the time, if I was like a frat guy, especially at a big D1 school, man, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I mean, two way, two way events, man. It's balance. It's balance. You have to, you need to have balance. Like for me, the priority has always been education. I went to college for that, right? I knew that education was my ticket out of the hood. So, right. but I had fun. Like I, 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 yes, <laughs> I don't doubt it. I had I a lot of fun. It. I had a lot of fun, but also, you know, it was like my my group of friends. A lot of them are doctors now. We knew we were partying on a Saturday night, but then Sunday we're up. Mm-hmm. studying doing what we needed to do to like get the grades to get into yeah. the dental school yeah yeah because yeah you definitely have to have that like collective circle too like you know for me personally oh it's like i had like it's, it's weird i never had like an official circle in mm-hmm. terms of study. it's like i always is well that's the thing too now everybody took the same classes after like probably what my junior year that's when everybody starts splitting up to their main core classes so mm-hmm. people i'm studying with my freshman sophomore year can't really study with them anymore so it's Good like point. my junior year it's like you know, chapters one to three, I'm studying with these people. Chapters four to six, I'm studying with these people. Like, it's just, we're all over the place, really. But mm-hmm. it's good to have that, you know, core friends that really hold you accountable and really, you know, make 100%. sure everything's good. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so coming to Brooklyn, like, mm-hmm. what was that transition like in terms of, uh, well, because you opened, you opened up your practice, right? Yeah, I opened it in yeah. 2020. Yeah. Yeah, so you opened your practice. So, like, what, what was that like in terms of, like, you know, finding the place, finding the situation that fits you? Uh, just, yeah, just the environment, the culture shift, like, all of that. It was, so I moved here for um, residency. So mm-hmm. when you finish dental school, and depending on the state you want to practice and you don't necessarily have to do a residency, but I just wanted to be, like, a super dentist. I wanted to learn mm-hmm. all the skills while I was still kind of in that learning mode because I, I talked to other doctors and basically they would often tell me that, you know, they would kind of get into their own isolated bubble and not really like they would get comfortable with the skills that they had. And, and it, it's hard to learn new skills once you're like in work mode and you're making money. Mm-hmm. It's hard to take time away and try to learn to try to learn a new skill. I think right. so. Um, so I moved to Brooklyn for residency. Um, I did my residency at Kings County Hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I think that's where I was born. Oh, yeah. Kings County or Downstate, isn't it the same thing? Same, right, it they're is, like right, right across oh, yeah, the street. Yeah, that's where I was born. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Um, so Kings, I picked Kings because um, I knew a resident who finished there, and basically the appeal was that I would have had the opportunity to place implants. Mm-hmm. So a lot of general dentists don't do surgery, right? They'll just kind of refer to a specialist. For me, I was like, I want to, I want to learn implants. Mm-hmm. So did the program. It's one of the best in the country. On call, you know three times a month, staying in the hospital, getting called to the ER, suturing faces back together. Crazy, yeah, incredible experience. Um, and then on top of that, my roommate and I, we had like the bachelor pad, probably mm-hmm. the best apartment in Brooklyn. And our neighbors were like Chris Rock's family, which was, oh, wow. for me, moving to New York, I was like, is this how it is? You're just neighbors with celebrities and stuff, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, depending where you're at. It depends where you are, yeah, but I my mean, my friends like I don't know if you're like a basketball fan, but Nick mm-hmm. Claxton, like he lives in the same building as well. Mm-hmm. It's crazy; they just see him. So that's just yeah. <laughs> I mean, I realize <laughs> like that now, crazy, bro, like, but in Pittsburgh, I, that wasn't really that wasn't happening. Like you, you're not sharing a balcony with like Chris Rock's people. But it it was it was incredible though. It was mm-hmm. like a fun year. But then when I finished residency, um, I had difficulty finding. I felt like a a good job. When I first got out, though, I did get a job with this implant center, and I would travel all over New York doing surgery. Um, 
the thing is, it was a little bit too, in my pain, it was too much. Like I saw one doctor treat 120 patients in a day. Mm-hmm. How is that? Even, even as a practicing dentist now, it's impossible. So the quality was compromised. After two months, they fired me. Well, why is that? The owner basically said, she was like, you're not confident. She was like, you don't have that confidence that we need. And I was like, well, you, you're practicing in an extreme way. That's not True. ideal. Because so, it's kind of like life or death type of. It's, it's just, I've, I don't want to talk bad about the company, but okay. the quality, let me just say the quality was okay. compromised. You, you can't see that many patients and, and have 100% quality. Just in my opinion. So they fired me. They paid me $20,000. I was like, cool. I got my experience. I learned, you know, it was like, I consider it post-residency fellowship. Mm-hmm. So I learned, um, I felt like I learned a little bit more about just surgery in general. So after that, um, I still had a, I had a job with my previous orthodontic attending. She's a celebrity orthodontist, Dr. Bobby. And um, she was like, Dr. Black. Shout I've out yeah, you know, she, oh, you said shout oh, out. No, yeah, yeah, it's a quick shout out. Yeah, shout out to Dr. Bobby. Um, she basically took me under her wing when I was in residency. She was like, I, I just, I see the work you do. And I think the people in, in the community that her practice is in will benefit from my services. So got a chance to work with her, work with some celebrities, some like love and hip hop people, rappers. Yeah, that I, I, saw, I, met, I saw you like, worked with uh, Dapper Dan. I, like, I, I actually I haven't worked posted. on Dapper Dan. I just oh, met okay, Dapper I, Dan. Oh, okay. I, th- I thought like, you know, it was like after a surgery or something. <laughs> It's funny. Okay. it's funny, like, social media can make it look like look that mm. way, but I just met Dapper Dan in Harlem at an event. Mm. But I've had, like, other rappers and stuff, people from the 90s that I saw growing up on, on TV, mm-hmm. getting a chance to, like, meet them and work on them. That was cool. But I also had, like, three other jobs in Medicaid, hustling, man, hustling. I hustled, hustled for an entire year, got a job with this, uh, this, this black woman who took me on as a, a, men- a mentor. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'll be, I'll be your mentor. I want you to work in my office. It was amazing, man. I would see probably half the patients that I saw on Medicaid and make twice as much money. Mm-hmm. And then after six months, she fired me. Oh, wow. So I got fired twice in my, my first year as a doctor. But you didn't give up? I didn't give up. I, I was like, I know my value. I know I went to school for so long. I was thinking about all the classes that I took, all the patients that I've already treated and you know done quality work. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take a leap of faith and just believe in myself. And that's what started Smile Space. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So speak about like the location and like, you know, when it came to finding like where, where you wanted to set up at and whatnot. It, to be honest, it was it was kind of it really wasn't strategic. I, okay. I was um, in a relationship at the time and my ex and I mm-hmm. we were walking down. <laughs> There's always like an ex <laughs> involved in something. <laughs> oh, we were man. walking down Fulton Street and I was like, I don't see any like super high quality dental practices here. And so um, Wait, I saw. Which, which street? I'm sorry. Fulton. Fulton. Uh, Fulton, like where in Best Eye or Fulton? Fulton and Clinton. Where I'm actually where I'm oh, at okay. now. Yeah. So Best. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like right before, right before Best Eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I found uh, um, this commercial space that I wanted. Called the number. This guy Dove, who's now one of my close friends, actually. Um, he was like, "All right, I'll show you the space." Showed me that space that I wanted, but it was too small. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, you know, I have another one. It's in Best." I was like. I just I want to be downtown Brooklyn. I want to be downtown. At that at that somebody in no best side, right? But he found my current space when I walked in. I was like, this is it. I knew it. And so in terms of location, he basically did the work. And then for me, it was like an, a gut feeling, my intuition, mm-hmm. which I follow. Anytime I have a good feeling about something, I'll make that decision. And that's why I picked the location that I'm at now. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. that's the thing too. I even mentioned the backstory, so I apologize to all the viewers out there that oh, yeah. don't know how we even meet. So actually, we. Like, this is the first time we ever met in person. Yeah, so literally, like, 20 minutes ago. Yeah, like, what happened was, um, so this was, like, what, like, a week or two ago? 
Mm-hmm. Somebody, well, time we were recording this, it's what? What's it? It's like January 27th, 26th, something like that. I lose track. So, of I don't know. Just in case you guys want to know the accuracy to like what day is and the stuff. But, uh, yeah, basically, it was through like one of those TikTok pages, like those review pages, food pages, whatever. And uh, somebody promoted, uh, I don't even remember who it was. I feel like it was Raw Reviews. Shout out to Raw Reviews. If you haven't watched the episode, it'll be somewhere here. Click it. But anyways, um, it was a page that shared his business. And I thought the office space was pretty beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, very nice uh, looking office. That's why I was, like, you know, asking so many questions on that. And uh, also, too, it's just like, you know, I saw a black dentist. And I said, Brooklyn, too. I'm just like, oh, this is perfect, you know. Because... Mm-hmm. One thing, you know, a lot of people tend to say, especially now, is just like, you know, we, we need to invest in like the black businesses and whatnot. Like not only that, but we need to see like black professionals, not just for, you know, our kids' sakes, but just for our sake, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, skincare, hair care, stuff like that. People always say, you know, we want products made by black people because they understand us. They know it's what true. it's like. So same thing with a dentist, you know, or doctors in general. We want to see you know, doctors that look like us because one, it makes us more uh, comfortable. And then two, it gives us that assurance that, okay, like, you know, he's re- like, he really understands me. Like he knows like how I feel and stuff for real. So he's going to really take care of me and really make sure that, you know, everything is going smoothly with like, you know, the operations and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people, um, I hear it probably at least once a week, they'll, they'll say, I've never heard, I've never seen a black dentist in my life. Which to me is shocking. I know so many, but it's just like compared to the number of non-black dentists, we we are a very small percentage of the profession. Yeah, because I feel like with professionals too, it's like in the black community, at least most of them are like old people, like people that's been around for a minute. So yeah. it's like you like you want to see more people that's like you know younger. Uh, if you're a parent, you want to see somebody that's you know young enough to be like you know your son <laughs> or your daughter, or like you know if you're a young person like my age, you want to see somebody that looks like you know they're your age, like you know your friend type of mm-hmm. vibe. So it's like, yeah, so, you know, you know, young black dentist is like, makes me feel more comfortable and whatnot, you know? But um, yeah, yeah. so we just, we just had like a quick conversation uh, through the DM and then boom, we're here. So that's really the short backstory to it. But um, I show yeah, you know, up, if I'm invited, yeah, I, of course. that's my, that's my, my thing, 2023. Yeah, and it's definitely a pleasure up. to have you here because uh, the thing with me is like, I really thought it was creative to have like a professional person here because most of the people we have are entrepreneurs in the sense of, you know what people think is entrepreneur oh somebody owns their own business stuff like that mm-hmm. they wouldn't think that you're an entrepreneur because you're a dentist they would think right. oh you know he's a doctor so he's like he's working for the the, the space they don't understand that it's your space so it's like yeah. you are the entrepreneur this is all your you know yeah. your your stuff your business everything yeah. so yeah so like i guess i uh, speak to the audience more about you know like how what does it feel like you know running your own space and whatnot it's fun. It's funny. I feel like if we would have had this conversation a year ago, you would have gotten a very different response. Mm. And the reason I say that is now at this point in my career, I've kind of catered or tailored the business to benefit me in a sense, as opposed to me just giving everything to the company. Ooh, I don't know. Wait, yeah, wait, Let me elaborate. Wait, yeah, okay. So when I first opened, you know, anytime you do a startup practice, you're, you don't really have an established clientele. So you're, you're building I had this idea, right? Smilespace was in my head and then I brought it to life, mm-hmm. right? So when you bring it to life, you have to, it has to grow. It takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort. In our case, we actually grew very fast. You know, right now we're the number one dental practice in Brooklyn. It grew clap extremely it up for them, fast. Yeah. You got to clap it up at, uh, yeah. at your laptops or your phones or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It grew, it grew extremely fast. And so 
to keep up with that demand, it required a lot more energy on my part. Mm-hmm. So I was in the office six days a week, right? Like 10, 12 hours a day. And I hit a point where I actually burned out. And I burned out like three times in that one year, the first year. So on social media, it's like, oh man, everybody's seeing how, how fast it's growing, the number of reviews we got, all good things. But the reality is I would go home and I would be burned out. Mm-hmm. Back hurt, legs. I'm going to a podiatrist, chiropractor, getting massages in Chinatown That's every what comes week. With it, man. You know, <laughs> you you put in the work for the people. You know, you just gotta carry the load of like the the the, the pros and the cons, the good and the bad. So, See, and so I kind of disagree with that. You know, I'm I'm at a point now in my life where it's like I'm not willing to compromise my own mental, physical health mm-hmm. for anything. That's just where I'm at. And so I'm fortunate to be in a a, a business where I don't have to be present in the office. I work one day a week, right? I'm only there on Wednesday. It's a long day. I'm usually out of commission on Thursday. The fact that I'm here is an accomplishment, my brother, because I'm yeah, usually Yeah, because when you told me, oh, I'm off on Thursday, I'm like, off. Oh, yeah, like, I'm off. I'm, I'm thinking doctors are working like 12-hour shifts a day or something. That, that's like, the reality for most like doctors. Like seven days a week. Most like, doctors, that's, that's crazy. they put in that time. But for me, I'm very intentional about prioritizing my freedom. I talk, We were talking about it earlier. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I want. So right now, I do what I want. I go in, I treat the patients that really only want to see me. I have four doctors that work for me. They get a percentage of what they do. I get a bigger percentage of what they do. They get paid very well. I get paid very well. I get, I'm on a salary now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, because of that, I'm very happy and very content. And I've kind of put things in order to be able to do that, to have that freedom and that passive income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're here making all this noise. They got to turn the heat on. I'm, <laughs> I'm here cold. I'm cold, man. I know people probably wondering why I have a coat on. I'm cold. <laughs> But um, yeah, I actually yeah. like that because that's you know that's the true definition of entrepreneurship right there. Like you know, yeah, the whole point is not just to make money, but to have the freedom. So I think more importantly, the freedom. Yeah, definitely more importantly, yeah. the freedom. Because that's like I've been watching a lot of business uh podcasts, just taking notes and things like that. And I feel like even though I'm taking notes in terms of how they do things, I'm also taking gems on what they speak about. Yeah. And the key thing is always freedom. So, yes, you know, the more I hear it, the more I feel like, all right, that's that's the answer right there. It's kind of like a reconfirmation for me. hundred percent is for me. It's like I think also 11 years ago when I was traveling the world, I had a taste of it. And I think once you get a taste of something and you know what it's like, you always crave that and want it. Yeah. And so I, it's like I knew what it was like. And then I came back to America and it was like in America, the way that you have to work, you know, nine to five, five days a week for most of your life until you retire. And then when you retire, it's like you're too old or too tired to really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. Right. So I'm at a point, I'm 33. I have literally have freedom and autonomy. If I want to go to Paris tomorrow, I can literally go to Paris tomorrow. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie, I didn't think you were 33, bro. Oh, <laughs> I thought you was like 30, 29. Like, a lot of people, yeah. It's weird, I get like 40 something. Somebody th- thought that I was 40. And then yesterday, a guy was like, "Because you're twenty three. That's like I said yeah. earlier. Like you know, when it comes to like the black professionals, people always think they're like older and stuff. I think so. There's, so naturally, they're like, there's no way you're thirty three with your own business to practice it. Like how? How? But for me, I'm really hungry for it. Yeah. Like our previous yeah. guest, Malik Dupree, he's a luxury fashion designer. He was, uh, I think, well, well, he was a doctor. I don't remember. What, I think he was in PT. Okay. He was a doctor, and like he's, I think he's like twenty seven, twenty six. Mm-hmm. And like you know, when that, when he said, "Yeah, I, I was a doctor at first, I'm like, at what age? Because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're so young right now. Like, you were a doctor at what? Like 18? Like, you know, it's just it's crazy to to like see younger professionals. So. It's funny because I, I I became a doctor at 28, and that was actually relatively old compared mm-hmm. to my classmates because I took two years off before even going in. 
So 26 actually is around like okay. the average age for newer doctors anyway. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, wow. you know, I, I am, again, another, just being in my 30s, I feel like time is flying. It, it hits a little bit different up here mm. when you get there. It's like, I just don't want to be one of those people who like work so hard, you give everything to whatever it is, your business, your profession, and then you look back and it's just like you, have, you didn't really have time to enjoy your own life. Mm. And I never want to be that person. I want to look back and say, I'm glad I made decisions early on that put me in a position to be able to enjoy my life to the max. Mm. And so I can say I'm genuinely content and happy. A lot of people, they'll say, okay, you preach that, but like you're opening another one in Harlem. You just, like, you just signed a lease for Harlem. You're gonna, that's going to be more work. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm going to, I put a limit kinda on it. You kind of have the blueprint to it already. I have so, the blueprint. Yeah, so you kind of yeah. know how to manage it. 100%. And I put a time limit on it. So I'm not going to burn myself out. I'm giving myself six months. I'm going to bring another doctor in. Because the goal is to have 10 smile spaces, all passive income, salary from each one, relaxing. Yeah, I like that. It's man. a real, it's a real that's goal. It's a gem right there, man. 100%. Yeah, because me, I'm 26. So it's just like, you know. I always try, like, uh, and that's the thing. People always tend to tell me, you know, like, I need to take a break. I need to relax. You know, I'm burning myself out. But I'm just like, listen, until I have the freedom to do what I want, you get any given day, like you said, you could just go to Paris tomorrow if you wanted Literally. to. I got to bust my ass. Excuse my language. Like, I know I don't condone curse on it, but <laughs> I really felt that. Like, I have to bust my ass, bro, because it's mm-hmm. just like, I can't sit around, you know, when I'm like 40, 50 and just regret all the times I was partying, traveling and doing all this stuff, you know, just to not have anything to show for it when I get older. Like I could do that stuff, like, you know, as I get older, I have no, like, I feel like people tend to say stuff like that. Oh, do this stuff while you're young, because when you're older, you know, it's going to be an issue. But I feel like the people who say that are the ones who are in that regretful type of mode, you know, like they feel that where it's like, you know, I wish. You know, I was doing this when I was younger because now I can't do it. But if you, you know, focused up when you were younger, you could do that now and a decade from now and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the one thing you can't get back is time. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's that, that's the most valuable thing. And money, I'm telling you, I woke up one day, six months into the business, bank account loaded, okay? <laughs> and I wasn't happy. I, I, and it actually scared me. Like, I felt anxiety i was like oh man like this has always been the goal mm. right this has always been the dream my whole life i'm overcoming right coming from the hood like just overcoming things right mm. there's always something to overcome i got to a point where there was nothing else to overcome and i wasn't happy mm-hmm. and so i was like what do i do a patient called it an existential crisis like it you is. get to a point where you're like what what am i supposed to be like because you're really looking for your calling at that point yeah and and the thing that i fought so hard for wasn't fulfilling me Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do you do? But I'm fortunate to be in a position where, or to be in a profession where I have options. And so that's why I've been very intentional about creating a situation that serves me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have time to do stuff like this and have energy and be happy and smiling and genuinely mean it. Because before I used to be like, yeah, I'm happy, yeah. But like deep down, I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just refuse to let anything take that piece from me. So I'm sure the audience at home wants to know, like, what's like, give us like a like, what's the craziest story you had, like, when it came to like dealing with a patient, like drilling teeth, veneers, like, have any funny stories you want to share with us? Man, so many, so many crazy stories. But it's funny, I was just thinking about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. When you say crazy, you know, a lot of times people assume crazy, like crazy in a bad way, but I'll say crazy in a good way. So there, there was a moment where I realized that. 
I'm fulfilling my purpose. Uh, hate telling the story, but it's a good one. <laughs> so there was this, this guy um, who my friend basically referred to me. Dude, 38 years old, cancer. Okay. Uh, he had like, a, like his age or, I mean, um, his oh, not his age, like actual <laughs> Yeah, cancer, like cancer, okay. stomach cancer. Okay. Um, so he's 20, 38 years old, uh, had a tumor, and um, his body basically started to attack itself, right? I don't know if it was like the medication. I don't know what it was. So he came to me, teeth completely obliterated, cavities all over the place. Just I had to pretty much take almost everything out. And a part of it was they didn't really have a doctor to trust. And obviously, like, the mouth wasn't really the priority. Mm-hmm. It was everything else. So he came to me, and I was like, oh, man, this is, this is a lot. And on top of that is a complicated case. You know, I, I know the medications. Some medications can affect, you know, the bleeding and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I went into it nervous. I was like, oh, man, I don't want to make the situation worse. But he said, I trust you. I want you to do it. And, you know, as a doctor, one of the things I say as a dentist, I'm a psychologist first. I have a lot of conversations with people like this one-on-one mm-hmm. and I build that trust and I learn about them and they learn about me. So this guy basically was just like us, like young, fly, cool, <laughs> and got diagnosed with cancer and he was engaged. His uh, woman left him and he's pretty much like telling me his whole journey, how he got to that point. So I, long story short, I, you know, fixed his entire mouth and, um, you know, he was telling me he's in a group chat with his boys and they were like, yo, your smile's better than all of ours now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, after about a year, after about a year, um, he passed away. Mm-hmm. And um, my the, the guy that referred him to me went to his funeral. And um, he said his mom ran up to him and she was crying. She's like, can you please just tell Dr. Black, thank you for making the last year of his life incredible. He was able to eat again normally, able to smile again, confidently. And the fact that this woman at her son's funeral, that's, that's one of the things that she was even thinking about for me, gave me that reassurance that that's exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So when you say crazy, that's probably one of the, cra- the craziest stories in a good way because it kind of refueled my desire to help people. I was feeling burned out trying to figure out why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that for me was it. And I'm just so happy and grateful that um, I was able to improve his quality of life, at least for that last year it was here on earth. So... Yeah, so yeah, last yeah. question I wanted to ask you, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty serious for like, you know, business purposes, stuff like that, mm-hmm. especially for the audience. I was going to ask you in uh, regards to uh, dental insurance, how, how like, like, just speak on like what you feel about dental insurance. Do you feel like it's something serious, something important that we should all have? Like, mm-hmm. like tell the audience. Yeah, I mean, I think um, a lot of people when it comes to insurance in general, especially younger people, we always assume that we we're immune to whatever diseases and things are out there. Mm-hmm. And so um, I obviously, you know, I'm going to say you should have dental insurance. I think most people, at least from a preventive standpoint, should have that coverage to be able to come to see me at least twice a year. Mm. Okay. I've seen people younger than both of us, a guy 21 years old, all of his teeth are moving. All right. He needs a denture. He doesn't even have the bone to get implants. Dentures. He's 21. Mm. So, you know, I think if he would have had insurance and he would have been educated on the importance of using that insurance for preventive purposes, I think, you know, obviously he would be in a much better situation. That's extreme, but if, you know, if anything, the insurance will allow you to come to Smile Space and get that experience and, you know, like come and see yeah. me as, as your doctor. Yeah, yeah I definitely got to stop by too. You know, I got to- I got the, you. I got to do the Kodak. Well, I, I, I got to wash my hands, really <laughs> touching all this stuff here, but, you know, the Kodak Smile, like the, with the grills and stuff, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Black, you know, it's definitely a pleasure to have you here.
you know, definitely audience show them some love. Check out the Smiley Space in, in Brooklyn. If you if you're looking for a dentist or you're looking for a new dentist, you know, check them out for sure. Um, definitely. Um, what, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I, I was going to say, uh, as always, you know, like, comment, subscribe. Um, check his page out as well. Do the same with him. And we're out. Smile Space NYC on Instagram. Dr. C Black on Instagram. Check us out. We're here yes, for sir. you. Yes, sir. So definitely a pleasure. And if you want to see the part two, guys, let us know. Let us know. Uh, yeah. Let's like I said, I'll, 20, 2023, I'll show up. So if I'm invited again, I'll be here. For sure, for sure. So yeah, it was definitely a pleasure, Dr. Black. So yeah, we're out. And like I said, show us some love and keep it rolling.